0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to NZF News. We have an interesting topic of the week. Uh, But before we start, we want you guys to to remind you guys to follow us all on our social medias. And make sure to go to our website and check out all of our articles for the latest uh, things that are happening around the world with our analysis. Uh, Like we say all the time, we try to make things simple and we try to make it easy to understand and also get provide analysis so that you can actually see and uh, understand how all these topics and issues affect the world. Um, but to get to it, we are discussing how the United States polarization and how it affects the international community. I don't think it's any real uh, surprise of what's going on within the United States at the moment. We are at the most polarized. Uh, parts of American history since the Civil War. Uh, our Speaker of the House just got removed. They were still waiting for a vote to get a new one. Uh, we are barely averted a government shutdown, likely going to head into a another government shutdown on November the 17th. And all of this affects the international community. Now, why I may sound like an arrogant American, um, One, it's because I am, and two, uh, unfortunately, it is true. What happens in uh, in every country, but especially in the United States, will affect the international community. And so that is things we're going to discuss today.
1: That's hilarious. Um, (laughs) Yeah, polarization has been a problem since, um, not counting the Civil War, uh, since the 1970s and 80s. Uh, polarization has been continuous uh, amongst the demographics, policies, feeling, feelings, and willingness to uh, undermine democracy. And both sides believe that each other's party wants, is looking to undermine democracy, uh, which is the most ridiculous thing in the world. And it's kind of a point. Uh, the U.S. politics has become a point fingers and blame uh, situation if anything goes wrong. It's the other party's fault, and it's not the the fault of the entire U.S. government. And and it's issues like these that will cause – that undermines democracy. It's not any party. It's the failure of the government as a whole, the failure of the legislative portion um, as a whole. Because we went from being a united America and working – parties working together, uh, bipartisanly, pushing policy, doing everything we can, working with – Uh, other ideologies that parties don't sometimes necessarily agree with, but have no choice but to go with the party. And and the more we continue to polarize in the United States, the more, as you said, more problems will be not only for us, um, but for the international community.
0: Yeah. and So I'll give you a little bit of a history about, uh, you know, politics, just a little crash course. Uh, Back in the day, a long time ago, when things were, you know, as older people say, we're great. Um, in U.S. politics, you had Democrats or Republicans since 18, I think 54, or um, yeah, 1854, when the Republican Party was made. The Democrats were there. You could have a liberal conservative or a liberal Republican and a conservative Democrat, also a liberal Democrat and a liberal Republican. Moderates as well. So those were those were true in all in many cases across the island. Elections for a long time. So coalitions in government and in committees were much easier to form because if you were a liberal conservative or a liberal Republican, you could go over to a liberal Democrat on your committee or on a different committee, and be like "Hey, I have this bill. Do you agree with it?" Yes. It goes to the House, passes. Goes to the Senate, passes between the majorities uh, of liberals and conservatives. So ideologies were much different than parties back then. Uh, a, a liberal Democrat is normal. But in the 90s, this change with Newt Gingrich and the Republicans, uh, especially in the Republican Party, became quickly conservatives. Very few moderates, mostly conservative ideology in the Republican Party. Uh, and, and in the Democrat Party... This isn't as true uh, that it's strictly liberal. There are still moderate Democrats. There are still progressive Democrats. uh, And there are still the liberal Democrats. But it's mostly the liberal and progressive side versus a pure conservative government. So this is obviously caused polarization. And so the key things that we're going to look at here, how it affects national security, how it affects economy, and how it affects our analysts.
1: Mm-hmm. And I want to go straight into into um, kind of the, the global leadership aspect of what it looks like from the outside perspective. Um, so if if we have, if, if the United States continues to polarize and actually before I talk about all that, I, w- I want to talk about the, the parties themselves. Um, as you were saying, there were still there are still Democrats and Republicans who lean towards not far, not too much right. Well, also not too much left. We'll call them the moderates of the, the more or less of the Republicans and the Democratic side. Currently, you know, two parties, right? Uh, I'm very interested to see if there are Democrats or Republicans that are both sick of what's going on um, within their own parties, and it'd be interesting to see if they if they want to form uh, a third party away from people who who are extremists. Um, within their within their own parties, I think that'd be a very interesting way to 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 cancel out this um, this divide and to say, listen, we are a bunch of we are your representatives that are sick of it and we don't want to deal with the with these um, very very divided Republicans and Democrats. Um, and we're seeing this kind of within the Dem- uh, within the Republicans themselves, the Republicans that just want to get stuff done, and there's uh, other Republicans that will not refuse to work with the democrats um at all costs and it's the same thing for the democrat side and i wonder are those two that are those two that are those groups that are fed up with um not wanting to work with uh their own party to kind of form a their own coalition i think that'd be interesting to see um if that would even be real reality uh
0: god would i wish that that happened? happen um <laughs> that people actually you know from the parties and start voting for anything that's not a Republican or a Democrat, but uh, my personal, uh, I'm, I'm not going to call myself a professional, um, but in my studies um, a, a, as in uh, university, I don't see that happening. Um, the Republicans are too strong in, in terms of the conservative ideology and the Democrats are too strong uh, in terms of liberal progressive ideology. They're, it, it's, it's impossible mm. to run as an independent uh Markley Jr. has just declared his candidacy as an independent. He might have the best odds of any independent candidate, but he probably won't win. Um libertarians never have a chance. Green parties, uh were very small, never had a chance. Back in the day in the nineteen hundreds, Marxists and communists had a party uh during the uh the, the large union uh strikes that were going on in and the, the creations of large unions on uh, rail strikes, but never came to fruition. So I, I don't think that that's ever going to happen. But moving to the what you we were talking about, the global part, the outside in, how people are viewing us right now. And I can tell you exactly how they're viewing us. There's, there's two prime examples, Russia invading Ukraine and uh, Hamas in this horrible terror attack on Israel. And Israel going back in, who is going to go back in and just try to destroy them. Uh, they view the United States as weak. Uh, and they know that the United States is not going to do anything about it except for provide support, uh, and means. And so by the United, they view the United States as weak and polar. And, and they, 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 they were going to take advantage of the system, and that's an issue. Seeing the United States as weak, and also yeah. allies, they're not going to trust us. Japan and South Korea for a long time. We had discussed podcasts uh, earlier in about February. How they did not trust the United States to come to their aid as a security partner if China were to go into Taiwan and invade, and so we really need to start figuring out this polarization issue because our allies don't trust us, they don't, and our enemies
1: see us as weak yeah, our credibility tanked in the international stage the, all our all our international partners question our ability to to make decisions if we can't make decisions. Domestically, what credibility do we have to make decisions outside uh, of the United States? And what that, that ruins our influence, as you said. You, you said it perfectly. What are we going to get done internationally if we can't figure it out domestically? If no one trusts us, so yeah, I I fully agree. If we don't figure out this polarization issue, it's going to be a problem. And, and even beyond beyond that, if you don't have um, a bipartisan government, how are we going to push international policies? How are we going to have, um, how are we going to have legislation on anything from climate change to, uh, to geopolitics and national security issues? If we're so polarized, which affects our, our sense of security and also global security, we are still a, a predominant power in the global stage. And if we don't push policies that protect world peace, what. What are we? What, what what does that say about the future of of the global economy and environment and secu- and global militaristic level security? So,
0: yeah, and our allies, if they if they can't, they always look have looked to us. Uh, Japan, the United Kingdom, EU have all looked at us, and they're like, okay, if something happens, the United States is going to be there. help us and assist us and right now that case can might not be made because in ukraine we have assisted ukraine in providing them weapons what we can't do is assist them militarily and that's an issue because russia thought that the west would not have resolved and so that's why they invaded in the first place. They thought that they had the advantage, which was, I believe, a tactical misrepresentation and, and, and misjudgment by Russia that the West was going was not going to have resolve. Problem mm-hmm. is, is Russia hasn't sta- stood down. So clearly, our resolve is not as good as we make it out to believe. And the United States have an issue. I, I, I wrote, wrote an article about this. It's not up yet, but of of a, of a multi front war. That could be on their hands of Russia potentially invading the Eastern Europe, China invading Taiwan or accidentally shooting at U.S. warships and the Korean Peninsula also might be potentially going to war, too. And now we have a war in Palestine. So this is now technically a forefront war that the United States may have to engage in and because we aren't showing strength. We may have to engage in this war if we keep. We have to show strength. We have to continue sending warships to these areas. Continue funding Ukraine so that we show our strength toward Russia. Continue doing military exercises in the Taiwan Strait to show China that we are not going to back down. If you go in, and continue to send submarines and warships to the Korean Peninsula so that. North Korea doesn't find does doesn't want to go and continue its aggression in South against South Korea.
1: Yeah, and I fully agree. If there's no motivation and resolve amongst U.S. policymakers, what will the motivation and resolve be for other of our allies? For a prime example, is like I want to go back to the russian ukraine example. The reason we didn't get that funding through is because we had there was no motivation or resolve. Um, to get both the Democrats and the Republicans to agree um, on what we're going to do with uh, with Russia, and if there's no resolve like this, if there's no strong resolve, if there's no strong sentiment, then you'll have other countries like Poland um, who will pull back um, on their uh, on their kind of uh, not obligation, but what's what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of their resolve to to, to help uh, Ukraine as well, and this will just have will just create a domino effect. So if we don't flex our muscles, other countries won't flex their muscles. And some people might say, like the United States, you know, is still a policing power. And I, 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 I believe that, in my opinion, like the United States is is still kind of the global kind of superpower. But it, more countries are kind of being more independent uh, off off of the United States. So the United States is losing its kind of like. Um, global image as the number one number one on the international stage and everyone has their different thoughts on it but what I'm trying to get get at is whatever the United States does is what other countries still do it's it's just how it's been because we are still a major influence on in what happens um, around the world we are the biggest funders for things like NATO and other international organizations so whatever the United States does is what other countries will follow as well. And if there's political gridlock within our own parties, imagine what if that is then modeled within other countries and now they have political gridlock. We need to be the prime example of what a United government can do, because then that could spill over into governments of other countries.
0: Yeah. And that's a great point. And I think, you know, there's there's two camps in this world. There's camps that believe, or in the United States, there's camps that believe that the United States should be the world police, and there's two the camps that say the United States should take a step back and let the world figure out itself. Now, I argue one reason why the United States could be the world police is if you look at when the Soviet, when the when the wall fell in 1991 till 2001, when we got attacked in Iraq, The world was fairly peaceful. Proxy wars here and there, civil wars in Africa here and there. But besides that fact, we lived in probably arguably the most peaceful time in the world from 1991 to 2000 or 1993 to 2001. Now, after 9-11, we went to Afghanistan to kill, and Iraq to kill these terrorists. We still lived in a relatively peaceful time. War still declined. We were still helping fight terrorist groups who were spreading around the world at the moment and into Africa, we still had, as the world police, we were able to decline to make sure that the war and violence was in decline. And I I, I definitely agree that the United States should continue to remain the world police. But I also agree that the United States needs to to take a step back. and, And maybe instead of doing it themselves, training others to also do that, to be that police for themselves but in a polarized government we can't do either we are unable to be that police as well as unable to be like hey you're in a situation right now how can we train you and help you to get out of the situation in the future we can't do either and so that's mm-hmm. the biggest issue that affects our national security our pol- the polarization in this country affects our national security right now there's senator tuberville from Alabama, who's holding military promotions, key military promotions that are also in the Middle East. Uh, and this is not helping the continuity of the DOD in our military and our ability to move forces around the world. This polarization needs to end in order for to protect our nationals here.
1: I, I fully agree. And what what I want to see now is I hope that we have next steps to reduce polarization and it's not going to happen with our lawmakers we need to media has to educate their constituents all these media sources are so they say they're independent but are part of the problem they feed into um they feed into this polarization and all media sources do there's not been one media source that says Oh, the the Democrats this or the Republicans that. It's 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 news sources like CNN and Fox that make this polarization work. And I think the first step to reduce polarization is to is educating constituents and to show them that regardless of what party you are, here's what goes actually goes on um, in the legislative branch. Here's what actually goes on in those offices. And when they understand that nothing goes on and that there's no policy being pushed. Which constituents are seeing already? But constituents, um, some constituents, not all, some are educated. I would say most are educated. 90% of constituents are educated uh, Americans. There are the 10%, uh, and the when I say 90 and 10%, 90% meaning of all constituents in the United States, and then 10% of all constituents in the United States are both, are, who are either Republican or Democrat, blame uh, the other party. Um, instead of blaming their their own lawmakers. And I'm very happy to see that majority of constituents in the United States are seeing that their their leaders, um, the people they voted in, are not doing their job and we're about to enter um, another uh, government shutdown. And constituents, um, what they should do is I think that we should voice our opinions Um, And not to blame uh, other parties. I think I I never blame my Democratic counterparts. I never blame my Republican counterparts. I try to be as neutral as possible because the only step forward is neutrality and to understand, listen, we have problems. I get it. What can we do together? Um, And I feel like the youth has been fantastic at this. Um, It's it's the extremists on the Republican side and the extremists uh, on the Democrat side. That are, are pointing fingers and it's the ten percent of the of those uh voices, the ten percent of constituents that make it worse for everyone else, that go out on platforms and say the most ridiculous things that have no backing whatsoever. And those and, and those ten percent. It, it's people you know who pisses me off are people like you know Graham Allen? You know yes. that dude? The yeah, yeah, that super conservative dude that has a big big following? It's people like him that Want to just put blame the Democrats? It's it's people on Fox that want to blame Democrats. It's people on CNN that re, that blame Republicans. This this needs to stop. This, this this it's it's adding to it's adding to the fire.
0: Yeah. Well, you definitely have a more optimistic outlook than I do. That's for sure.
1: Um, <laughs> I, I try for... to, I try to be I try to be more optimistic than pessimistic because I think yeah. this world needs it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, and, and and that I will agree on. Uh, but yeah, it, it, you're right in the media case because uh, the media and we uh, it's been uh, something that's been talked about for years and how polarized the media is. Uh, how it's very hard to find a unbiased source. How it's very difficult to actually get you know news that aren't like you know headline grabbers. Uh, which is exactly you know what we have our articles. We kind of just get straight to the point on what it's talking yeah. about. Sometimes you don't even mm-hmm. have to read the article. Um, But, and and I do agree, I think 90% of the people are educated enough about issues. I don't think what they're educated on is exactly how the government works. And so uh, I I am an intern on on the Hill um, with a senator. And so the government is, reality slow. And, and everyone knows it's slow. I don't think people really truly know how slow they are. They don't work as often as y'all think. They don't go, they don't have sessions often as you guys think. And and Alec is so right in the point that they don't work very, very much. They don't work very much at all. And I, I, I don't think constituents know that. I think they're starting to realize that. Uh, I don't think they're going to realize that soon enough, unfortunately. But... That mm-hmm. is going to that is I think something that me, people just don't really know because they don't work very often and I think we need to educate them and understand that uh gotta educate them on this issue. They don't work that often. And, and maybe that'll change how people vote for their their uh their people because they're like, Oh, you know, they're in there, they're working long hours, and it's tough to get bills. No, passed. they're not No they're not. No, they're, they're not. The the biggest reason (laughs) that polls, in my opinion, besides the fact that we're polarized, don't get passed is because there are not enough sessions. There are not enough sessions. Do you know that the Senate has been out of session this entire week? I can guarantee you the world did not know that. I know that when I work in that office. Who doesn't even know that. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure 90% of people don't know that. I, I, if you look at the schedule for the days that they're in session, most days that they're in session are three times a week. And that's the Senate side. I'm not sure about the House side. The House might be much different because there's more members. But the fact is, is that one part of our government hasn't been in session for an entire week. And the war just started on Saturday. And so when you talk about the polarization and how it affects. Our world, our economy, our national security, you have to look also internally, very internally into the government. And, yeah, they're polarized, but they also don't really care enough to go to work and solve the polarization. So that, and that's where I have a really big issue.
1: Yeah. Yeah. When I want to go back to the legislative process, when an idea is brought up, it takes anywhere from two to five years just to get that idea uh, turned into a bill and that becomes law two to five years it's not something where it's like i say something and maybe in the next month or two it becomes something legislative process is unbelievable it is yeah. it is crazy I, mean, I, I didn't even know the senate was on it. that that blows my mind and when when people aren't in session and when there's no work being done it adds to the blame game it it adds to the blame game And it adds to that polarization uh, that Josh mentioned. And what we need to do is we need to have set amount of hours of session time every week dedicated where it needs to be written in the constitution that a government must function should there be an X amount of hours in formal sessions. It that one, two term limits. The reason. There is still polarization there, there continue the be polarization is people who are too old to be in office and their ideas are outdated and they're so outdated and that they, they still fight for these ideas. There should be no reason why someone over 65 is still in office. Why do I have to retire? I don't have to retire at 61 to 65, but it's highly recommended that I retire because I am not capable of working. And these who, these people who are over 65 in government still are not capable of pushing policy. And when policy is not pushed, polarization continues.
0: And, and, and I firmly agree because it, in order to get rid of, you know, the polarization, sometimes, yeah, you're right. Fresh ideas is the way to go. Because mm-hmm. if we add term limits and we keep shifting around the government, shifting around the government, shifting around the government, around the government what they're going to focus on is not, I need to be reelected this year because that oh, yeah. that doesn't matter anymore because they're not going to be sitting in government for 28 years, you know, collecting a hundred seventy thousand dollars salary that's untaxed. They're I going. To yeah they're they're going to want to push policy and work together to work to form a government because they're not going to be here and they want to leave their mark. They want to leave their mark, and they also understand that in order to get reelected and stay here, because there's term limits, I should probably get policy done. And it, when it sh- it's shaken up like that, there's more willingness to work with each other because why well, hate the other guy? You're new. I'm new. You know, let, Let's try and form, form a relationship. Let's get to know each other. Relationships are already so strong within both sides. They don't want to expand because, you know, Democrats are so formed together and the Republicans are so formed together that they don't need to create relationships across the aisle. Because when someone has majority within the House or within the Senate, it doesn't matter at that point because the relationships Mm -hmm. are so strong between each other.
1: Yeah, and we could use that same model should more youth be involved as well regardless of what your party is. And that's the, the relationship building model. And there should be a model for relationship building as well. And I think what we should have is also a set amount of percentage of of newer a newer generation of people between the ages of 25 and 35. There should be a set number. Maybe I would say 20, 10 or 20% of what makes up the government should be youth only. And the ages between 25 and 35 and some say that might be might be too young, but, um, there's too old people that are still in government. Why not have people 25, 35, fresh minds, fresh idea can learn on the go. Um, they're more able, they're more susceptible to, to kind of, um, adaptability compared to older people, um, in government. But it's, it's so uncertain, um, the future of us politics. And we are 100% going into a, a, um, what is it? A, a government shutdown um, mm-hmm. next month, and it's unfortunate. There's four main kind of big agendas um, that they, they they need to address, uh, which is funding for Ukraine. Uh, now they have Israel Hamas that they need to they well, need okay. to address. Yeah, Policy wise, yeah, yeah. they have uh, a pro- well, they need a proper spending budget because the one we have is only temporary. Um, and there was one more thing.
0: They they had twelve bills passed on the floor.
1: Okay, so twelve actually, yeah, twelve Twelve in the matter of. One month from now, um, and we don't have a speaker. And we haven't been in session so. for the past two weeks. Oh, yeah, that, that, that adds, yeah,
0: no good session, no work has
1: been done. Yeah, literally, <laughs> good luck, America. That's what we're going to name this episode, good luck, America. <laughs> yeah, right? Um,
0: no, I mean, it's it, it's unfortunate, and, you know, I hope that this episode has shown for our, all of our American viewers just how crazy American politics are, and, and exactly why, in this next election, you need to go vote, please, 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 go vote, make a difference, get some of these people out, take up our politics so we can actually get things done for the betterment of Americans
1: and the world and you don't have to agree with anything you've said, but if there's one thing that we want to persuade you on agree is how slow the legislative process is. And we want you to research. You don't have to research anything. It. If you don't agree with us, yeah, if you don't wanna agree with us, that's totally fine. Where we If you don't wanna agree with us, we're not gonna hold it against you. We're not like any other social media platforms. But we what we want you to be educated on is how slow the process is. I mean, what Josh said, two weeks, not in session. There has not been one article on that. Not one article. To showcase the, that failure. Yeah. Since since the ousting of McCarthy till now, you would think you, you would have a speaker within two days or three days. It's The speaker is an integral part. And we still don't have a speaker. And how long has it been? Two weeks, three weeks? Two weeks. The third in two command. Weeks, yeah.
0: The third in command in succession.
1: I lost you. Okay. Yeah, we lost Josh on this one, everyone, but um, yeah, I don't know what happened. But thank you for listening in on to this week's topic of the week. Um, yeah, I don't know what happened, but uh, enjoy um, this episode. Uh, please follow us on all our social medias um, and continue to do your own research. Um, yeah, and we want you guys to look into what goes on in U.S. politics and even abroad, just just. Just, um, educate yourselves and we'll, we'll do, we'll do our best, um, to educate you all. So thank you all for listening.